This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Laura Lee Smith. She is a real estate agent with Better Homes and Garden Real Estate in the Bryan College Station, Texas, and surrounding areas. Me and my wife just moved in to our very first brand new home, and it's all because of Laura Lee. And if you want to have the same feeling of joy that we have where we get to wake up in the morning, have a nice cup of coffee, eat breakfast in our very own place, and come home from work and relax and decompress inside the humble abode that is owned by us and our family, then give Laura Lee a call at 979-218-2315. That's 979-218-2315. Also, if you have an adventure home, some something that moves, it has wheels on it and a couple beds in it and a shower maybe or a stove, um, pulls behind your car or trailer. If you have an RV or camper trailer and you need it to be repaired, like your air conditioner goes out in this hot Texas heat and you're at one of the state parks and you just need relief because you took days off of work to come and do this great adventure with your family or your loved one, whatever those things, whatever your situation is, give rnkmobilerverepair.com a shout because they come to you and they fix those issues and have your days off feeling wonderful and like you well spent again. So rnkmobilerverepair.com, rnkmobilerverepair on Instagram, and I'm sure they're probably on Facebook. I'm not real crazy big on Facebook, so I'm not totally sure, but they are someone to keep information handy on because they save the day for your adventures to run smoothly. All right. This episode was a really fun conversation with the owner of 1541 Coffee Shop, Sam Olmedo. And just a really inspiring story from a really, really nice, kind-hearted guy and hardworking. And him and his wife both swing for the fences and they hit a lot of home runs. So I won't explain anymore. I'll let Sam do all the talking. Here it is, Sam Olmedo. It's recording. Awesome. Thanks for doing this, Sam. Uh, no problem. This is really Thank cool. you for the invitation. Um, owner of my favorite coffee shop Thank of you. all time ever, probably, and the best ever gluten-free churros that I've ever tasted in my life. I still brag about that to people uh, all the time. Nice. Like, I go and I tell them, hey, you have to go by and try it. I mean, I don't like gluten-free stuff at all, right? but those churros taste just like regular churros. Right. They're awesome, man. Well, most most of the gluten free stuff tastes like cardboard. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does taste right. like cardboard, man. Right. Um, so I guess take us back to the beginning, like where you're from, where you grew up, and your childhood. I mean, we talked a little bit before the podcast about right. it, but this is the first chance I really get to know anything. You know, Kim knows right. knows you and your wife, you know, fairly well, and. I just know through you, and you're a cool dude, and she's always super nice. Like every time I'm going in there forever, so just kind of take us back to that, like where you grew up and all that stuff. Well, I was born in Mexico City. Um, I lived there pretty much until I was like 19, and then uh, my dad used to be a carpenter and blacksmith, so. Uh, kind of learned the trade, and then uh, you learned the trade of being a blacksmith, blacksmith and car- uh, carpenter. What age did you do that? Oh, I started since I was a kid. I mean, he had a shop all my life. Uh, he was also a photographer, <laughs> a photographer and a blacksmith. 
Yeah, well, he we had a, a business, uh, photography and uh, everything you need for school kind of stuff. Cool. But then we moved from there, but um, uh, since I can remember, my grandpa was a carpenter. My dad was a carpenter. Um, I learned how to weld and, and all that stuff. So uh, I started going to the shop since I was like probably six years old or so and through school I was working there in vacation and afternoons and just helping and trying to learn what they do and uh, and then when my dad wanted to retire so we we left the city and we moved to Ixapa, Siwatanejo and uh, which is where again explain that for everybody here <laughs> since they don't know like well if you watch the movie Shawshank Redemption uh, when the guy escapes, that's that's where he went. Gotcha. That's where he went to <laughs> to leave, and uh, it's a very very cool place. It's a uh, it's a beautiful beautiful place. Uh, the beaches are nice. There's beaches everywhere. Um, you can go to surf if you want to. There's an area for surfing. Um, fishing is great. Uh, I love that place. You but, still have family there? Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, my couple of my brothers live there. Oh, nice! And um, but after nine eleven, really started getting tough to to work because we used to work in hotels. So nine eleven, that very day, we were watching the news and the phone started ringing, people saying we're not going. So started canceling the trips and and there were no flights anywhere. So. We couldn't really get there, so everybody was afraid to fly, and and you know you know the story. Yeah. But um, after that, we we started thinking what was the best place to move because we needed to survive. And uh, well, my wife was born in the U.S., so she's an American citizen. So she moved here was, first. Was she in the hotel? Because you said you met her in a hotel. Yes, I was, was working. Was she in the hotel, I guess, that you were working there in Mexico? Right. That's where you met. So she right. moved back to Mexico and worked in the hotel? Well, she was raised in Mexico all her life. Her parents are actually Hispanic. So they're from there. Gotcha. They are from uh, Michoacan, actually. Morelia. Oh, okay. Morelia. Yeah. So they are from there, and she went to school in Mexico. I mean, she's... 100% Mexican, just, <laughs> just born in the U.S., basically. Yeah, born in the U.S., and then right. came back here, came back right. to Mexico here. I'm talking like I'm in yeah. Mexico right now. <laughs> right. Went to Mexico, and then you met her at the hotel, and now you're right. figuring out where to go as far as, like... Right. I mean, that. we decided to get married. Uh, we, we dated for about four years, and uh, we got married after 9-11 in October. And, uh, yeah, so the... So you got married, like, economically for you, it took a downturn. Well. And it, and you got married on top of it. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, we we knew we wanted to get married, regardless. But I was a um, sales manager at a hotel, and she was um, working at another hotel, but... In my case, I was making uh, enough money to survive and not not to make a living. 
So we started thinking, you know, let's get out of here, try something else. And uh, she moved here first. Her cousin used to live here. So she moved here first. And then I started selling all my stuff while the papers, uh, papers were getting ready for me to move here. And uh, I came on a, on a visa first um, and waited for my work permit. And once I got it, I started working. Started working at uh, Douglas Nissan. I was a salesman over there for a couple years first, and then I moved to finance. I was a finance manager. A finance manager there at the car at Douglas Nissan. Yes, sir. Okay. And then uh, uh, while I was working there, she was uh, studying in the culinary academy in Austin. So I was back and forth for three and a half years. What? Well, so. Why did you choose here then? Well, her cousin used to live here. Her cousin lived here. Right. Okay. So her cousin used to live here and she wanted to be close to somebody that she knew because, I mean, it was, she was not uh, It's a here. different country. Right. It's yeah, a different country, I mean, different culture. Uh, yeah. Another language. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a totally, uh, I mean, it's culture shock. I can tell you it's just enough culture shock for me moving from i grew up right on the border of mexico right there uh, i lived in los fresnos and harlingen okay and brownsville south padre island mm -hmm. all that it was a culture shock moving up here 12 years ago mm. just like whoa my mind is blown right now like right. what is this world that people live like this you know what i mean so if i'm getting a culture shock and I live in the United States, and everybody right. does it everywhere. You go, the more you travel, the more you can see. Right. Now you're moving different countries. Right. So that, I mean, it's a huge deal yeah, to get is. used to everything. On top it of is. that, going to school, now you're selling cars, so you got to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's Well, the thing is, I used to work in hotels, so I was familiar with the language. Um, I learned English. Oh, yeah, because you so, had to deal with yeah. a lot of tourists. Right. But... I learned English by myself. I didn't learn it in school. All by yourself? Yeah. How, I taught how, myself. How did you do that? Watching movies. Uh, my friends had courses in in tape because back then there was no CDs. It was tapes. Yeah. Or uh, in, in VHS. And uh, I borrowed them and started learning myself. That's awesome. Yeah. So... When we moved out of Mexico City, I I was not fluent, but I, I started, you know, losing the the nerve and started talking to people. And when I moved to Ixtapa, it's a tourist area, so kind of forced myself to to start talking more. And then uh, after a little bit of practice, probably a year later, I started working in in sales in english <laughs> so oh that's awesome man. So, yeah <laughs> and so, i was in in customer service also taking care of uh, americans and you know people from all over the world everybody yelling at you mm -hmm. yeah so i knew how to speak english when i came here so it was not that was not the problem the problem was learning a a new way to live you know to um how to support yourself in a different country, different, complete, everything is completely different, you know, taxes and, and, uh, had to move around. There was 
no buses like in Mexico. You just jump on the bus and move everywhere. Here, is you have a car or yeah, in Texas, yeah. man, if you don't have a vehicle, you're stuck. Mm-hmm. A lot of other places are not like that. Like you right. can take the bus or the subway or the train, yeah. or you walk, you ride your bike. Right. You can't ride your bike because you'll need about four changes of clothes. Right. For here, for sure. Mm-hmm. And two, it's just so far. Right. And there's no public transportation dropping people off. Like the way everything is set up, it just in Texas you you almost have to have your own right. vehicle. Yeah. So. Um, we started getting used to stuff here and my wife was uh, she already had a, a career in tourism but she wanted to be a chef so we found the culinary academy the cordon blue in austin and we went for it and she started studying and and working there uh, and I was back and forth working here uh, from from Nissan, so I was I was driving a couple times a week and stay there at night and come back the next morning, you know, kind of like long drive yeah, a little, over and over again. Yeah. That, that drive gets old. I do it already. Well, man. I mean, I didn't mind it. I actually, at some point, I was uh, my only transportation was motorcycle, and even in thirty two degrees, I was still driving to Austin. Uh, it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. The only problem is one time I was uh, driving back and I had an accident because it was started raining really hard. And right on 60, uh, turning from 47 to 60, under the bridge, there was a lot of water, water running from the from the bridge. And in front of me there was a dually a truck, and I saw the truck moving with oh, the water. No. And I was coming 50 or not even probably. But as soon as I touched the water, I started turning and landed on a pole. Oh. Yeah. Do you have any like, serious injuries out of it? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> um, my side of the cabin right behind me, right behind me, like probably 12 inches behind me, the pole hit and I broke the window in my head. Oh, so I lost conscience for probably I don't know three minutes, but it was raining. So three the, minutes is a long time. Well, I don't know to lose consciousness. That's a long know. time. <laughs> so, I mean, to you, it probably like oh, I just I was woke like up. I just woke up. Yeah, the the water started hitting me in the face, and and I'm like, okay, where am I? And I turned and I saw the pole on the floor, and my truck was stuck on on the base of the the pole, so I couldn't move. Oh. I called my insurance agent and I told him what happened. He he was there like in two minutes. He was really quick. The agent came out. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. He's a friend of mine. So. Whoa. So it, it, I was lucky. He was very close to. So he showed up. We got it out of there. We moved it. And I went back to work. The same day. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now, a friend of mine actually was pulling some of the glass out of my my eyebrows. While you're selling cars. Well, I was. They, my my other friend said, no, you, you go home. You need to go to the doctor and get out of here. So they sent me home. But I didn't, I didn't tell my wife. I didn't want to scare her. <laughs> so the, that was on a Friday. So Saturday night after work, I went back to Austin, but I was in a different car. 
And she was asking for asking for the truck. And I was like, "Where's the truck? Uh, we gotta talk. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta talk." Yeah, so I told her what happened. Uh, I mean, luckily the truck was paid off, and I just sold it and bought another car. But um, yeah, I, I got I gave her a little scare that time. So you drive back and forth for that long, mm-hmm. and then she graduates from culinary school, right? And then she moves here. Like y'all both move here to College Station, right? Um, well, after she graduated, I actually moved to Austin. Um, I I left my work. I quit and moved to Austin with her. But I was not there a month, and they kept calling me back to to uh, to come back to work here. So. They got to the prize and convinced me to come back. So we decided to move back here. So I moved here first, and then after a little while, she moved here too. Um, and then she started working at um, The Republic. Uh, she she was the pastry chef up there for three and a half years. Which is one of the higher-end restaurants here in town. Yes. It's yeah. the only Four Diamond, as far as I know. Uh, so really cool. The owner was very very nice people um the uh well she started working somewhere else but they tried to change her uh position and she was not very happy with that so i told her her, well i heard that the republic is very good so go check it out and she did so she started working there she was very happy she she worked there for three and a half years but in the meantime, we were thinking, you know, we have to do something for ourselves. We have to open our own business. And we're still young, so we can we can do it. What made you think that? You just wanted, like, is this just a drive you both had to do that? Well, one day we actually, the way I remember it is uh, we went to the movies. And we started thinking right after we got out. Uh, there's no place where you can go have a good pastry, you know, like a little piece of cake and coffee and just relax. And, and a good coffee. piece of cake, not like right, one right. of those, you know, right, they right. say homemade. <laughs> I sold food for like, you know, right. they, they say, yeah, you can claim it's homemade because on the box when I sell it to you, it says homemade. Right. You know, that's how I think. This is like... But it's been frozen for, I don't know yeah. how long. <laughs> no, no, no. So we wanted, you know, we're, we're from a, a place where everything is fresh, you know. Yep. Hotels, everything is, is is made every day. So we wanted to do, to have something like that, and um, we're we're not big fans of uh, the other guys, <laughs> the coffee guys. <laughs> so so it's like the competitive side of right, coming right. out now. <laughs> Why well, you were a good salesman? Right. So we decided to start digging into it. Uh, she was a pastry chef already. I mean, there was there was. So how did it go with the movies? You went to the movies and then you're yeah. just and then you're like, hey, we should start something. Well, we we came out of the movies and and we're like, I really need a coffee right now, you know, something nice like this. And uh, there's no place like this, so we st- we started thinking. Um, we we might be able to do something like this, and 
and we started working on our business plan and uh, one day uh, we woke up in the morning and started talking about it and, and, and I told her well are we gonna do it or or not I mean we got to do it at some point so if you want to do it I'm ready and she's like okay let's do it so we we um, started looking for a place and found the location that we wanted is it that same location you're in right same now? location we've been for eight years yeah wow so uh, we started fixing it and and we decided to open May 16th 2011 so we're I mean there are some days that you wake up in the morning and you're like what did I do <laughs> <clears throat> you know you have yeah. to you, you have to think well uh, but the escalation in your business just like over time like you're slow it's not nothing like this big boom you're mm -hmm. and just so people know like you're not in a your location is kind of tucked away right. right it's behind other businesses but then in a nice little quiet right. old old shopping center mm -hmm. that doesn't get a lot of traffic and then right. here's this coffee shop in the corner and it started out you know just great coffee you go in, you see the pastries to the side mm -hmm. in the little case, and you get your coffee at the counter, and there was very few little spots to sit, and then the outdoor little gazebo thing that you mm -hmm. have, and that was it. I mean, that's all you had. Mm -hmm. Little, kind of like around the corner. Now, you've kind of expanded that area. Right. You've, like over time, it seems like you just keep fixing things up slowly. Mm-hmm. And then now you have you have beer and wine now, correct? Right. And yeah. you're open in the evenings. Mm -hmm. Were you always open in the evenings for coffee? No. Okay. No, we we used used to close at uh, six p.m. We were testing the hours to see when we had traffic, and we started moving the hours accordingly. But. Um, we didn't get a loan from a bank. We invested for the whole thing. You 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 never got a loan from the bank. No, no, no like money from Mexico. Mm. No, Y'all did this on your own with saving up your own money. Right now, this is fascinating. Right, because people will tell you there's no way you can do that. Well, we heard a guy that opened a, a restaurant with a, put everything on a credit card. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that one. But I've heard I've yeah seen that happen as well. But we decided that um, we were gonna do it, and we had some savings. We I actually got my four hundred one k everything out, and when you just went for it, you just went for it. But that's kind of like everything leading up to this is kind of mm -hmm. like that. So far, the track pattern, like your pattern. Mm -hmm. Of, of your entire life, you and your wife is mm -hmm. just going for it. Like, right. oh, something happened. Like nine eleven happens, it takes mm -hmm. a hit. Well, let's just do something else. We're gonna we're gonna move out of the country. Right. I'm gonna go and get my work visa, mm -hmm. and then this is gonna happen. And that's not an that's not the easiest of processes mm -hmm. for you. I don't think people under, when you say it out loud, people think that that's super easy for you to just go get uh, a work visa. No. Uh -uh. I mean, no. how hard is it for you to get a work visa? 
<sighs> you have to prove that you're actually married because you love the other person. It's not like, oh, we're just we we're married and here's my birth, my marriage certificate. Yeah, it's not like that. You you have to talk to somebody that is looking for reasons not to give you paperwork, and uh, you have to go back and do fingerprints and pictures and and. Like, for example, I had to wait three months here, not able to work, to, to waiting just for my, my work permit. So three, it's, so three months just I had to here. wait three months after I got here. Not being able to bring in any money? No. And then, actually, that, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> when I moved here... It was in in March, uh, two thousand three, and I went to Mexico City. My flight was supposed to leave at eight in the morning. For whatever reason, I think there was a bomb threat or something in Houston. We couldn't leave. Then they changed my flight to twelve. PM. Anyway, long story short, I left Mexico City after 9 p.m. I was there the whole day in the airport. <laughs> and I landed in Houston at midnight. And then I had to figure out how to make it from Houston here. Yeah. Without GPS. Not knowing where country, I was going. I, I mean, it was... Uh, I hadn't been here before. Yeah, it, it how does this road system work? It's a different road system. I, everything's no, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same. same you but, have to be able to read a map. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah but uh, you're driving Houston. It's crazy. Yeah, so you're... <laughs> and in the middle of the night... Wait a second. You said it's crazy driving in Houston. Right. Mexico City oh, seems well, like it's yeah. nuts. Right. No, 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 I'm not talking about traffic-wise, but... You're talking about the roads. It, the, the roads they, are, the, you know, it's okay. so complicated to go from point A to point B, not knowing where you're going right. without a GPS. Sometimes you have to go north to go south. In the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, I had to rent a car right on the spot in the airport and drive here because my wife was not going to go pick me up. It, it was midnight and she had to work the next day. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I got here around 3 in the morning. And I remember when I, when I drove in, I was like, I don't know how I got here, but I got here. <laughs> so, it, it, was, it was crazy. But, um, so you just, is there anything that you can point to for this? Uh, like, so many people have are going to be, li- like, if you listen to this... Mm-hmm. All it is is debunking a bunch of people who say you can't do something. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people say I can't do this because yeah, but yeah, but and no. because and all these other things. And you're just sitting here so calm across the table, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were like, let's start something, and okay. And then no, you did it without a loan, right? I mean, this is it's one of the probably the perfect way to start it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got your own skin in the game. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody else is, you know, right. nothing to fall back on. You're not claiming bankruptcy to get out of this because you put your own money in it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, you lose, you lose. Yeah. It's... You're... you're this is... This whole thing is... Is so neat to hear the process. Of, even myself going, man, I better not say I can't ever again. Right. This dude came from a different... This Both of them mm-hmm. came from a different country to do all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. is there anything like in your upbringing, your parents... Uh, I mean, what was, what's been your motivation you, or do you just like, you decide to do something and you just uh, no, just we're going to do it. Well, I've been, I've been always like that, I think, because, uh, here's another story. <laughs> I love stories. <laughs> we are 11 kids. 11? 11. So you're 11 kids in Mexico City. 11 boys I mean 7 boys and 4 girls we are 11 children plus my mom adopted another 5 on the way adopted another 5 yeah so that's 16 16 what are the ages of these kids like is it a large age gap because you adopted so you're adopting 5 and throw them in the mix in the middle in the mix yeah uh, the oldest is 62 and the youngest is 30 oh goodness gracious 32 something like that and you all get along yeah 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 and we're we all have our limbs (laughs) (laughs) it's it's crazy you know there's so much that that happened during during the time we were growing up, it's just crazy. But good thing for me is I'm number seven. We came all the boys first. Lucky number seven. We came all the boys first and then the girls. The oldest girl is my twin sister. So I kind of opened the gate for the oh. girls. <laughs> you, double, you guys double teamed them. Right. So um, I was lucky because I, I learned... From the, my brother's mistakes, you know, I could see you do this, it goes the wrong way. You do this, it goes the right way. So I kind of learned from them. Um, I, I was not, I didn't have too much attention because, you know, so many kids, is crazy. Uh, but then also I have my sisters and, and they were very protective of me, that which is crazy but yeah that's that's the way it was i was not allowed in the kitchen <laughs> they, they used to they used to iron my clothes for me to go to work and he's and, and, and i was trying not to let them do it but they wouldn't let me do it and we used to go to parties and i was always with them some girls would not talk to me because they thought they were my girlfriend oh that's funny <laughs> but um no, we we get along and to this day. I mean, we we talk. All of them, even the adopted ones, everything. Yeah, everybody. What made your mom want to adopt? I guess your mom and dad, right? Yeah. yeah. What what made them want to adopt another five kids on top? It's just that they saw people with needs and mm-hmm. and they wanted to help, no matter the cost. Because that's a cost. Yeah, it is. It is big time. I mean, just we we have three, <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
and it's a cost. Yeah. I mean, it's not anything. Wouldn't take it back. Wouldn't not do it. But the expense of that, and then you're putting, man, you're, you they basically yeah. fed a restaurant every right. single day. Well, three a, meals a day. A soccer team. Yeah. Yeah. Every day, my mom was in the kitchen constantly all day. I mean, she was breakfast. It was right time for lunch and then dinner. And we always had dinner and lunch and breakfast together. Were these kids that were adopted? Is it just something where their life wasn't good? And well, and they were like, hey, we like we need to take some kids that are troubled if we can to help them. Mm-hmm. Or is it like, you know, parents that have passed away? Um, do you know well, that situation? Well, some were... Some without parents, or just single parents. Some, the parents could not take care of them. And my mom was like, well, if you trust me, I'll take them. Wow. And I'll take care of them. Wow. And and we know their parents. We we know who they are and everything. It's just, they were were thankful that that somebody would take care of them because they couldn't. Because they just didn't have the means at all. Yeah. Uh, so and that's a sad situation yeah. to be in. But uh, we get along and we we still talk and uh, I don't think of them like my step brothers or yeah. No, they're I, just your family. My brother. Yeah. So when somebody asks me, oh, it's my brother. I mean, that's it. So I've I've done a lot of um, observation, mm-hmm. you know, from from our situation, and then. Just the way I feel around people mm-hmm. and people I become close friends with, and there's there is something to say about your own blood family, but sometimes when you build a bond with somebody, like mm-hmm. when you go through things, so you guys got sixteen kids, mm-hmm. you're all dealing with the same thing in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got if you're close, you're gonna grow up with a bond because you can relate because right. nobody out there. Like very few people are growing up with sixteen siblings, yeah. And so, I would, and even if it's a small like, like our three, you know, they grow up they're with each other all the time. They go through all their struggles together. They see the other one struggle. They mm-hmm. help them. Then in return, you know, they help the other one when they're struggling, and so on and so forth. And you can see a bond evolve over time, right? Where it doesn't matter whether you're blood brother and sister mm-hmm. all your brother and sister because that's what you are like you bonded that way and 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 a lot of credit goes to the parents always i mean they kept us together and, and i'm not gonna say we're perfect we we fought like oh. everybody i mean we, you're not brothers normal. and sisters if right. you don't yeah, right but um it was funny now that we remember those days it was like it's like nothing. It was it was important at the time. It's not important anymore. But thanks to that, I I learned to uh, put my mind in in something and and go for it. And like one day, I told my dad, um, "I'm gonna buy me a house." He said, "You don't need to. Here's a property you can have." This portion is build a house. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not gonna bring my wife to live here. I mean, so you didn't take okay. So you didn't take handouts. Like your no. dad says, 
your dad's offering you property. Right. You can have this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no. No. I'm not going to do no, it. No, no. I, I told him, is, this is my mom's first. And my sister's after her. I mean, it, it belongs to them. Because I was going to get married. and Well, I wasn't thinking about getting married then. But uh, I wanted to have my own place. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to take care of myself. So I told him that he... He kind of like, uh, thought I was, it was going to pass, you know, that, that thought was going to pass. And probably two months later, I came back and said, I got my house. And he couldn't believe it. And then a few months later, I decided I'm moving to my house. Uh, I'm moving out. And, and I was still helping them. Uh, I, I used to give him some money uh, out of my check but I told him okay uh, I'm gonna move out I, I gotta start thinking you gotta about do something myself. different yeah so I did and then uh, one day I told him well I'm gonna buy me a car I was like I mean this is gonna be yours no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm buying not my gonna own buy car my, yeah, yeah and I bought so my own car so it has been something like with you and like, no, I'm going to do this. This is where I think a lot of people get confused. Mm-hmm. Well, you hear the people, like, the excuses come out a little bit with it where, oh, if I just had the money for this, if mm-hmm. I, if, of course you can do it. You've got parents that are rich. Mm-hmm. Of course you can do it. You know, right. you, you've got the, you know, you've got all this money. Um, look at him. It's easy for him to say. You know, it's easy for Sam to say because he's a business owner. You know, he already owns a business. It's established. <laughs> right. oh, that's easy. Oh, people used to say that. We owned a food service. So mm-hmm. my grandpa built it in 56 and built it up and um, to a very successful business. And people, I remember people used to tell, I, were, I ran the operations side when I got mm-hmm. older. And people used to tell my dad all the time and my grandpa, like, you're rich business owners. Oh, you've got all this money. Like, you can... Man, do you know how, like, first off, no. And second, you know how hard you have to work? Mm -hmm. Like, you get to go home. Mm -mm. We we never leave this this thing because this is our, this is what we love. Like, this is our thing. Mm -hmm. And yes, we're fortunate to do something we love, but man, it's a lot of work. Right. And I used, I actually joke with people that. When I get home, my dogs bark at me because they don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> so, and you added more hours. Right, so, yeah. yeah. No, we, yeah. Uh, we, we spend a lot of time there. But, again, it, it's just you put your mind to it and you can do it. And, and that's when, I hate to talk about politics, but when there's, there's people of... of uh, I'm not going to be politically correct here, but... That's okay. There, there's people of color that tells me, uh, oh, it's, it's not fair what they do to us, and blah, 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 I'm like, when was the last time you had to ride in the back of the bus because you can't mix with the white people? Or <laughs> or when was the last time that you had to use a bathroom uh, 100 feet away from the other one because you can't go into that one? I mean, it, it, I'm Mexican. I... I I can say that if I want to, I can find reasons to say I can't succeed. Oh, I, I know people like, I mean, I grew right. up in the land of that. Right. I so mean, I don't want to sound excuses, bad, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's very true. 
It's very you want to find excuses, you, you'll find them. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the drive we have and the fact that we know that nobody's going to take care of me if I don't take care of myself. Uh, my wife works really hard. I mean, she works very long hours. Sometimes we don't even go to bed. We have to finish a cake or something and we work all night. <laughs> we just go take a bath and come back to work. Is I mean, really, it's, it's that hard sometimes. It's, and, it's it. People don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. People exactly. do not want. They, they want what you have as the reward for that, mm-hmm. but they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't want to go through that struggle. Exactly. I think everything, everything that you're going to have success, you're going to have a struggle with. If there's not that struggle, are you really successful? Mm-hmm. Probably not, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it then it's kind of like a fake smoke and mirrors thing. But if you're willing, it's with anything. If mm-hmm. you're willing to stress your body, you're mm-hmm. going to grow muscles. Right. If you're willing to eat right and resist the temptation of the other thing that's so good, you're going to lose weight and lean mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go through this struggle of working hard Mm -hmm. and staying up and getting that cake done and then coming back to work and working hard again the next day well then you get the reward of owning your own business you know and you know it's um your own things i think that's mm -hmm. something i mean you're doing the first podcast in this house Mm -hmm. that we bought and we are super prideful it's like for the first time ever and I used to think pride is a bad thing, but I take a lot of pride in this because this is something that my wife and I have earned. Right. It's, know, it's no, nobody gave this to us. Nobody right. gave this thing to us. We actually put a plan in place and earned this thing. And mm-hmm. the satisfaction you get from that. And was it a struggle? Yeah. And I mean, there were struggles, but then the struggles, they get easier and easier. You just look at them different, mm-hmm. you know? And then you're like, oh, this is a fun game. Now it's just a fun game to us, you know? And so I'm seeing you and it's just like, this is a fun game. Like, <laughs> it's hard. Oh, yeah, I got yeah, you. It is. I can do it. Like, mm-hmm. Make it harder. Right. Uh, and, and just imagine, uh, in my case, I work with my wife and I'm with her 24-7. Oh, uh, I worked with family. It takes a... Sp- I, okay, this is something that could probably be a whole podcast by itself. Right. Right. But I I worked with family and I love all of my family. I get along mm-hmm. great with them. Um, very similar to like what you're telling me is my all the other siblings around they bickered and they fought and then they would get mad at my dad because mm-hmm. they thought he was taking sides with my grandparents right, right, and right. it was like just this circle. And I got to see my dad and all he wanted was to make peace. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he just wanted peace with everything. And my mom's side it was the same way and she's the same exact way. So they told us they kind of beat it in us and we're like you guys will always be family you can have disagreements but don't ever fight like this ever y'all just understand that y'all are different and disagree but get along and and make sure you stay and we have like that that upbringing has given us that Mm -hmm. that whole situation but it's working with family i got to see people who don't work well with family because you have to be able to mentally shut off, this is work, mm-hmm. and in work, we're going to act like employees together and business owners, and then when we're not working mm-hmm. and not in business mode, we're husband and wife. Right. You know, I was father and son, and that was my relationship. And 
that's I mean, there were some serious disagreements between mm-hmm. me and my dad on more than one occasion, right. you know. But at the end of the day, when we got done, we had a great way of being like, I don't hold that against you because mm-hmm. you thought you were doing right. I thought I was doing right. We had this disagreement as boss and employee, mm-hmm. a manager that you trusted. And then we went home, you know, we can go play golf. We don't even talk about it. Like, we don't talk about that part, like the the argument part, you know? So we could separate it. On the other hand, some of my other family could not do that. I mean, it was like, you did this. I mean, because you mm. say things and then people get insulted as family. It's hard to explain. Mm. I'm trying to describe it the best way I can. But in your situation now, it's your wife. Mm-hmm. This is father son. This now you're going to yeah, this it's another escalating level. <laughs> to another level. Like again, Sam, you're leveling yeah, up. Right, <laughs> right. It's, it's a totally another level. It's it's a it, it's hard to explain. But when when you have a boss, you you have to put your head down and say, okay, yeah, I mean, I got to do it. But in 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 this case, it's like we're both captains of the boat. And we have to agree that we're going to turn right or we're going to turn left. And and sometimes we don't. But the thing is, it's, it's important for me every day make sure that she knows I love her and tell her. Because it's not only she knows, you have to tell her. And, and when when she's sure that you, you tell her that that's the way to do things and and then you still love her, even even if you disagree. That that makes a difference. So for us, I think that's that's important. We we have to we have to disagree, but you know, in a way that that we know that we're trying to do the best for each other. That that that's all. It is. Uh, uh, we've been married for almost eighteen years. Eighteen years. And we dated for four years. So yeah, that's a good twenty-two years that we've been part of our lives together yeah. so so I'm not planning to end it anytime soon so when when we're working we have to think about that so how do you how do you separate I'm going to ask you this question because mm. it's it's a this isn't a really interesting one to me because when you spend all your time around somebody what do you do to replenish your marriage situation like you and your wife like you're you're a couple right so how do you get when you're when you're constantly like work 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 Mm -hmm. and talking about that and business and you're together 24 7 how do you separate shut that off and become a couple again just a couple like there is no business this is just the woman that i married and we're gonna Mm -hmm. go hang out and go to a movie and dinner or whatever it is well luckily we pretty much like everything the same uh, I, I like what she likes and she likes what I like um, with a few exceptions like video games <laughs> <laughs> you play video games? I love video games <laughs> I can see the smile on your face when you said that she's like no oh that's hilarious uh, occasionally she plays with me just races, race cars or something like that but anything else she doesn't but um, randomly bring her some flowers or or go out and have dinner somewhere else. Sometimes we go to Houston, we have to do, buy some stuff, and we stop at a restaurant and just have a glass of wine, just spend time together. 
and and th- there's another rule when we get home and we're going to bed no more talking about business i love that never that never oh, never man and she start or, or i start talking about business either she tells me or i tell her no we're mm-hmm. home stop it Let, let's Shut go it off. yeah and and another very important thing is uh never go to sleep mad at each other never never i i can't sleep if if we're mad at something uh i can't sleep and, and she doesn't either so we we talk we fix it go to bed otherwise there's no sleeping man so, so that's that's important that's the only thing i i never saw my parents fight ever really not even an argument or anything huh ever i i knew they fight they fight it but never in front of us are you two have kids no no okay but um i have a gazillion nieces and nephews so yeah yeah there's plenty <laughs> of kids around in your family so <laughs> i, I don't even think you have to worry about it i was just asking because uh-huh. that's re- that's even more like another interesting thing is that you never saw your parents fight and that sticks in your head right and then you don't have kids, but you still have that thought mm-hmm. in your head of, mm-hmm. you know, I never saw my parents fight. You know, now you've got to uphold the standard. Right. You know? Well. Or it, use that philosophy <laughs> for a successful relationship. Yes. that That's, uh, I think that's the secret. Um, like, uh, some of my brothers have divorced and remarried and it doesn't even cross my mind. I can't. I can think that way. It's not like if this doesn't work, just change it. Um, What'd you get married for then? Right. You know, that's, that, that's the thing. thing. Exactly. You're committing for life at right. that point. And and again, I mean, there's no perfect marriage where, where you're not going to fight. The secret is how you fix it. It's just how you fix it. And I think we found the formula. Just don't go to sleep. If you're mad at each other or um, if you're mad, you're going to say things that you're you're going to regret. So in my case, I try to keep my mouth shut. I just, <laughs> when, I, when I'm mad, I just don't say anything. You know, it's a, like that's it's so true because emotions get us in so many different right. troubles anyway. Right. You know, people, people will get mad. I used to go up and down and up and down with emotions. You know, I'd get fired up and then, you know, I'd get down in my head. And I, I figured out through sports actually that I always perform my best. Mm-hmm. Even in skating, I was always best when I was unemotional. Mm-hmm. When I was emotionally neutral, mm-hmm. I was my best because I could stay focused. Nothing clouded it. I could make the right decision. You know, if I did mess up, okay, you mess up throw that behind you and forget that's how i created my forgetful memory mm-hmm. I, I hit oh i forgot what you just said oh i don't know what how did i do that it's because i've been practicing so long of getting right. you know and it was something i know i can it's something i had to teach myself because i was like very emotional as far as like highs and lows when it be, you know came to that and mm-hmm. um it almost makes people angry though when you get neutral and you don't mm-hmm. let you don't mm-hmm. get fired up. You don't get you don't get too high. You don't get too low. Like it can sometimes make people angry, but um, I, f- I think it's the only way to make decisions because when you make something, when you make a decision, you're super happy, mm-hmm. like you're crazy off the wall, shooting through the moon. Mm-hmm. 
that's not always a rational decision. And then when you're angry, you're going to say things that you definitely don't mean. It's kind of like when you get drunk, people say the honesty comes out. No, it doesn't. You say things that you absolutely do not mean Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. when you get drunk or tipsy. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, no, that's not honesty. That's not the way I really feel. Like, I'm not, I don't feel that way. So, I mean, the emotion side, when you're going on such highs and lows and spikes and everything, it can, you can do something that you don't mean to do. And when it's out of anger, it's something that really hurts because words hurt. And, it's it's very true. It's just uh, the way I the way I see it. If if I say something when I'm mad, I'm not gonna fix only that problem. I'm gonna have to fix what I said, and that make it worse. <laughs> so, like I tell her, you know, it's easier to wipe a problem off the table. But if you let those problems become a mountain, then you're gonna need a bulldozer. And that's going to be a lot more work. So you take, like, is your philosophy just take care of it right now? Yeah. Just, just take just care of it right it. now. Yes. Immediately, and let's take care of this and get it over with. No, let's put it behind us and go on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's the way we do it. And does she have the same ease of being able to put stuff behind her like that? Like, let's just deal with it and put it behind me and let's go? I think it's a woman thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think women can do that. But, you know, they feel first and then they think. And that's that's natural. That's yeah. the way they are. Uh, in my case, I try to think first before I say something because I'm going to regret it. So I slow down, and sometimes she, I'm going to get in trouble here. Well, no, I mean <laughs> everybody's different. Right, everybody's different, man. Right. It's not. It's it's a it's a thing where one person. I'll I'll put it to you perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was over at um, the guy we're talking about doing investments. Demond is his name. Shout out Demond. If you want to invest, Demond Oliver is the man. But he said some, one of the best things to me is that if two people in a relationship are the exact same, there's no need for one of you. Right. So I mean, the the teamwork is a real thing, mm-hmm. and you may be like. You're there for her because you can handle those things being said. We complement each other. That's, yeah. That's the thing. And you can put it behind you. Mm-hmm. And you're there to not say things because that would hurt her. You know, that would hurt her feelings and stay with her for longer than right. it would with you. So the combination of both of you, mm-hmm. it allows her to get out her anger in the mm-hmm. way she needs to get it yeah, out. Yeah, she needs to do it. Uh-huh. Without, so it's like the it's the ultimate in intimacy. Mm-hmm. Because you can be yourself and you can just, she can just let it rip. Mm-hmm. Because she knows that Sam is going to let this go. Yeah. And, 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 and then thing, I'm going to feel better right? afterwards. And then you know, mm-hmm. hey, if I say something, this is going to carry on. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that for her benefit. Mm-hmm. And then you take care, like once that problem's resolved, you let it go both behind you. Because now she's got hers out. Mm-hmm. You've thought about your answer, and now you have a logical thing. So yours is logical. This is emotional, and then mm-hmm. it becomes like a combination. Yeah, yeah. I I love. I, I really like. I really like just the whole the whole teamwork aspect. And when he said that to me, I started thinking about it on a different level. I've heard kind mm-hmm. of things like that mm-hmm. before, but um, you're talking to me, and it just hit. It just hit me. It's yeah. like, <laughs> man, that really is true. You know, you you do need. 
there's there's a part where you're the same, mm-hmm. and then each individual human, you know, you have your perfect partner. It's it really does like the combination works perfect. Yeah, and is it's a the situation is woman remember everything. Yep, they remember everything you do, and. I just, I just forget. I just let it go. Okay. And next time something happens, I just fix one problem. I'm not fixing my whole life. I'm fixing one problem at a time. That's all. And then once that problem's fixed, you move on. Yeah. Man, you, you and me on. are like super similar with this. Right. It's like, fix this problem. Okay, that problem's behind me. Mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about that anymore because right. I took care of that right now, right? And don't bring it back. Just Yeah, I don't want to bring it back it, because it back. I already dealt with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I already, okay, I messed up. Mm-hmm. I dealt with this. Mm-hmm. I got, it's back there now. Okay, moving forward. The only way to get past it is to go past it. You know, like fix it, go past it. But that's why I think we, uh, a lot of people say over and over, compliment each other. But complimenting each other doesn't mean that you do everything perfectly. Just, just like a no Ruby Cube. No, it's all together. Again, no, no, no. You have to. Sometimes it's that struggle, man. Yeah, it's the it's, struggle. If you never had a struggle and it was just you, you don't appreciate mm-hmm. those really, really great moments, and the reason that you married your human. If you haven't had a little bit of struggle, you know you don't appreciate it, right? And that's why you, you went like in this case when you move here. You see the fruit of your work. Yeah, you see your effort, your your struggles actually are yeah. giving birth to this. But you even get. Strong, you build a stronger bond together whenever mm-hmm. you go through a struggle. Oh, yeah. Even if it's a tiny argument, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like tiny argument, they're a business and you get past it. You're just like, yeah, we did it. And we became closer because we got to the other side of that. Yeah, and there's, you know, it's not only, uh, the problems don't come only because you said something or you did something. It's also related to business. You know, yeah, you sometimes gotta, you don't know if you're going to be open tomorrow. You don't know if what you're doing is going to take you down or is going to push you up. You have to decide together in order to... So you still get all get those scary feelings of like, man, should I, should I start selling we, beer We wine? try not to. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we always think that we have to evolve in order to stay afloat. We can't... You can't be the same... Uh, I'm talking not in the sense that that you have to be changing the menu every five minutes or anything like that. What what I'm trying to say is that we have to be always consistent in in quality and flavor and and stuff that we offer to to our customers. But you also have to think uh, this is not working. You have to fix it. You have to to find a way to where can you get, get better? around it and get better. Exactly. Where can you improve? Like right. you're you're not perfect yet. Mm-hmm. So where can I? I know what I do good. Mm-hmm. Let's find out where we could be better. Right. What can we add to be even better? And what is not broken, don't don't fix it. Just fix what is broken. So we we're trying to see details that we need to change and, and things that we need to to resolve. But the problems we have, yes. I mean, it's it's some sometimes just you forget to say "I love you" this day, and, and anything can trigger a problem. But we we try to avoid that, and 
and luckily as I was telling you we we like same things pretty much we love traveling yeah. we love eating um, that, that's our, our our goal what we do is for example we plan a trip and when we're tired and we feel like we have no more energy we start thinking okay we have a trip coming Let, let's do it for the trip let's do it for the trip and and uh, we're gonna go see our family or we're gonna go somewhere exciting That that's what we do so uh, three years for example three years ago we went to uh, France and Italy oh, and wow. and Nobody in our families have been there, so we did something that 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 we were excited about, but at the same time, we were scared. you know what if we come back and we don't have enough money and and this and that, and we have to close so many days. but the way we think is uh traveling and 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 knowing other cultures is it's not spending money it's an investment you're learning something new you learn how to do things what a great way to look at that yeah. oh, <laughs> we, we try to, to look at it uh well some of our dishes you, you will see um stuff we do is uh based on our trips most of the time uh we do things that that we find exciting when we uh, for example there's a this town in in uh, close to Progreso mm-hmm. uh, by Cozumel uh, it's called uh, Merida they have this dish that is uh, it's called cochinita pibil and I have no idea what that is it's it's like pulled pork but it has a lot of spices in it mm-hmm. and uh, they we serve it with this uh, uh, Mayan sauce uh, actually the, the name is uh, Schnipek literally means um, runny nose <laughs> because it has habanero pepper in it so uh, that's the Mayan name for it means runny nose yes but if you put that sauce into that that uh, those tacos yeah the flavor just explodes in your mouth this is something you serve at the it's, it's something we serve as an appetizer with, uh, as an appetizer yes Oh wow! So that's one of the things that we we do when we travel. We're looking for for new ideas. Uh, it's like a like a painter or like a writer. You know, they they don't stay home and just the ideas just come out of nowhere. They see, they, you got to go see stuff right. in person. You, ha- you have to learn. You have to talk to people. You have to yeah. learn uh, the emotion behind the it. The emotion, feeling exactly. behind it. yeah. That that's what we do. We try to to learn the story behind. The stuff. Like you know what you felt when you went to the place where that was made and ate it, right? And you know, like you got the feeling behind that dish when it's mm-hmm. made authentically. Yeah, and and like the coffee we serve, it's it's Italian, but it's not just because it's Italian. It, what's the reason? Why is the what's the reason behind the the company that that makes this coffee, um, like the Lavazza that we use. It's expensive for us. It's an expensive coffee. But the reason why we use it is because we know the story behind it. And the the person that started it was the one that established the first coffee shop in 1895 in Italy. Wow. 
and it is a it's a company that has a family history that everybody in the family has been trying to keep it afloat generation after generation and the consistency that they have in the coffee that's what that got us happy with it you know so um we we learn things and we try to to relate to it and and bring it to our our business so everything we do has a story behind it it is it, is just the way we we plan things um we do these uh, little empanadas that are called pastes uh they come from england actually from europe uh, well not exactly london but somewhere in england um these were introduced to mexico in the 1900s because um there are a lot of mines in in mexico so what they did is they mexico hired this company to dig in, into the mines because they had the most advanced technology in the at that time that was the vapor machines so the english came to mexico to the state of pachuca and that's where actually the soccer started in mexico really because the english introduced soccer to mexico through pachuca and pachuca is is, is known as the the cradle of soccer in mexico wow I just learned something I had no right. idea. And then the pastes were brought from Europe or from England because the miners actually made it in a way that uh, you can eat it and just the last piece, just throw it away because your hands are dirty. And you go into the mine for oh. hours and you can't come out and get what? some hot supper, you know. Yeah. You have to have something that is going to last you. And it's going to taste good, and, and you can fill it with anything. It can be sweet, can be sour, can be whatever. So we learn things, and we try to bring them. Wow. You really educate yourself right. on something, not just... Well, that explains why everything is so good. <laughs> we we try. We try our best, because when when you come to our place, we try to give you the experience that we had when we visited another place and, and we try to learn it the right way uh, so we have plans to go somewhere where we can learn new things that we can bring so we're keeping our customers with something fresh every time every time you come to the shop you see we have now we introduce the churros and sometimes we uh, introduce something else so we we have yeah. stuff that we have to keep all the time like the tiramisu the creme brulee Oh, the go-tos. Right. The go-tos. And we know somebody walking in, we know where we're going. Yeah. Right. So um, that stuff we have to keep. But there's some other stuff that we can change every now and then just to keep it fresh. So so when you go there, you, you have a different experience every time. It's not always the same. You get tired of the same. Yeah. So it's like your marriage. You, you do everything <laughs> the same way all the time. That's it. We like love planning our trips, exactly. and we and we love going to new places. Mm-hmm. There, there's only a couple repeat places for us: mm-hmm. Utah and Hawaii, mm-hmm. because those are like, oh man, yeah, they're near and dear to our heart. Yeah. So we've been back there twice. But other than that, 
we try to pick somewhere new and exciting that's mm-hmm. going to excite us the same exact way and give us that same sort of like all in awe feeling of, mm-hmm. and appreciation of the you know nothing replaces the appreciation you get for a place when you first go there right that first visit unless it's Hawaii or Utah for us right <laughs> of course and we do the same when we we I mean we go back to Mexico and we visit our families and but when we're there we're trying we're thinking oh we can go here and we can go there yeah and 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 always thinking how can I bring this to to my business and and when you when you try something that that we we just introduce you're going to be happy when you hear the story behind it yeah so that's that's how we try to do it um we know that nobody's going to help us and and change things for us yeah we have to do it ourselves so that's why i was saying when when somebody tells me oh there's a lot of uh uh, nepotism or they're here because they have money and blah 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 no you you make your own your own future you have to you have to work hard for it um one of my favorite quotes is uh um i can't remember who said it at this point at this moment but uh it life is like a, a fight with an 800 pound gorilla you don't stop when he's tired and when you're tired you stop when he is <laughs> and it's That's true awesome yeah it is and it's true uh so every time when we're doing something we try to have fun with it when we're working we try to have fun and we love what we do so it's, it's like you're not really working man i love this sam this has been great I've absolutely had a blast on you. I could literally keep going yeah, and keep going and keep going about these. You're like full of so much knowledge and unassuming. And the story behind the coffee shops even more fascinating than I thought, mm-hmm. man. Thank you so much. And before we go, just tell everybody the coffee shop, the address, whatever you want to blast out where they can find your stuff uh, if they um, want to go look at it. Because you have a cool little movie out, like a little, little Yeah, a friend of thing. ours. Yeah. A friend of ours did it, and he's a director now. He's directing videos, and uh, he's a he's a writer. Whoa! He graduated from A and M. That's awesome. And he's been all over the world. He's he actually has a video that is going to come on, out on Netflix. Really? Yes. The uh, there's the it's called the Skeleton Crew. He's been on the news, and he's been everywhere. Skeleton uh, Crew. Yes. They, they, I'm going to be watching. They are that doing part. a documentary. Uh, to uh, help um, the veterans that are committing suicide. Oh wow! So it it is really powerful. You need to to see the story. He is he's a really cool guy. We we really like him, and he's been coming to the shop since we opened. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's he had an office right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, our business is uh, fifteen forty one. And just a short story, we named it 1541 because the city where we got married in Mexico was founded in 1541. And the middle of the logo is my family crest. That's yeah, perfect. (laughs) And uh, the uh, address is 1808 Brothers Boulevard. It's uh, College Station, Texas, 77845. It's right behind Walmart. So 
you can find it easy. You find Color Station Walmart, we're right behind it. And Facebook, it's just 1541. 1541 Coffee. We have a website, uh, 1541coffee.com. And you just Google 1541 Coffee and you'll find us really easy. Um, and uh, if you have any questions, you want to shoot us an email, sam at 1541coffee.com. I love it, man. I love it. Thank you. Thanks for doing this, Sam. I appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation.